Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. It is December 22nd, 2020. Thank you so much for joining wherever you are across the globe, across the United States of America, across the greater Atlanta metropolitan area. I really appreciate you supporting the program and uh, telling people about it. Apparently, it seems like that is happening, and that's the only way because of my stubborn Gen X uh, mentality that I plan to grow the podcast. I am, as you know, off of social media and don't want to... Every time I put up an episode, hey, look, the, why? why? Why wouldn't you try as hard as you can to make it successful, to get the word out? It's a great question, one that's unresolved in my head, but it just seems more natural. It seems more me. It's truer to myself if I'm not shilling every five seconds. Look at, But that's the name of the game. And so what I really should do is I should grow up and adapt to the environment <laughs> instead of trying to sit in my basement and just, I hope everyone comes to me. But I do hope that you come to this podcast and you bring other people to this podcast. And for now, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be shilling it every five seconds on Instagram and Facebook. And I have received just enough audience growth and response to the podcast over the last month that I've been off of social media that lets me know, that gives me enough encouragement to stay hard-headed about it and continue to do it my way, <laughs> whatever that is. So thank you for spreading the word. If you really want to help, and it's, it's not an ask, it's, it's describing how you can help, you can leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts because apparently that's a very important thing, leaving reviews. So thanks for listening. I also am mindful of potentially establishing a bit of regularity to when the podcast comes out. I know I've probably bored you to tears in the past talking about, should I put it out regularly, blah, 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 blah. I don't need to take you back into that. But I'm trying in a spirit of professionalism and a spirit of self-growth to think, hey, Instead of a podcast showing up every week or every four days for people to listen to and me, the insecure performer, feeling like I'm putting a burden on them, I'm going to allow myself, I'm going to listen to also the positive voice in my head and allow for the possibility, hey, maybe somebody looks forward to hearing what I have to say. I'm not saying that's true, <laughs> but I'm going to allow for the possibility, all right? So... I'm thinking about maybe some regularity, maybe at least every Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, and I'll figure it out. So I'm thinking about that, and we'll see where I go. It's so professional, so you can expect it on a certain day, but also me accepting myself a little bit like maybe not every person in the world, and I don't feel this way, but you know, when you go to those, those most insecure moments, not everybody in the world hates me and thinks everything I say is stupid. And perhaps there's someone who, or two people, or more than that, who would like to hear what I have to say. I'm trying to be fair to myself, not not beat myself up. Isn't that crazy how insecurity works? I think some comics, I think a fair number of comics, I know I certainly did, when you, do, when you start doing stand-up, one of your first thoughts is, no, my self-hatred, and it's not self-hatred, it's self, it's self-hatred, dude. We listen to podcasts and <laughs> But it would be like self-doubt, self, 
lack of fulfillment, lack of self-esteem, value. The idea that I'm going to go up and open this microphone and talk to these people on stage, you start from a place of why would anybody give a shit what I have to say? Which is such a weak-minded thought, but one that I've struggled with. And you might be sitting there like, well, you know, dude, we don't really give a fuck what you have to say. Because I know there are a lot of comics like, fuck them, I'm going to say what I got to say. And there it is. They're going to want to hear it when I'm done saying it. And that's, I think, where you want to get. But as a white man, <clears throat> so I'm trying to be fair to myself in allowing maybe you want to listen to the podcast. Okay, well, you're doing the fucking podcast, dude. The goal should be people wanting to listen to it. That should be the goal. So I'm thinking about the regularity of it uh, from a professional standpoint and then also trying to be a little nicer to myself. <clears throat> also, I have realized in my weekly review of the podcast statistics, and this is what I really would like to talk to you about today, not just talking to the wind, talk to you, listener, is the podcast audience seems to that the numbers of people who listen to it is increasing subtly increasing however the demographic at least according to the spotify anchor information that i get the demographic of the listener is changing dramatically and i would love your thoughts on that to give you an idea of what i'm talking about if i select the entirety of the podcast which has been like three months now and it's it's a baby podcast it's just starting I waited until what I thought was going to be closer to the end of the pandemic but it looks like I <laughs> still did it in the first quarter of the pandemic I started in September and if you look at the statistics across the life of the podcast the male Fem the, sorry, the, the ratio males to females, females to males. What are you trying to say, dude? Just spit it out. Across the life of the podcast, the listenership is 52% female, 48% uh, male. Thus far, I have no uh, non-binary listeners. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm eagerly awaiting my first on my first lots of things. But over time, the, the listenership has become decidedly more female. What's that, ladies? And, and I find that interesting, and I think it's an opportunity, gals, <laughs> for me to say shit like ladies, and, well, ma'am, I suppose you can. I'll treat you like you're an ornament. What's uh, interesting about that to me is so if then so fifty two forty eight over the life of the podcast if you cut it just the last two months, it skews to I think sixty three percent female thirty seven percent male, pretty good dude you got that one hundred percent your math is working out, but over the last month and this almost feels like a misprint, or like no one's listening except. Five or six women and one man. But over the last month, the numbers of listeners is holding steady and slightly increasing. But over the last month, 
according to the data I'm getting, it's 90, the audience is 93% female, 7% male. What's up with that? So there are a couple things that I've thought about. <clears throat> Men think I'm a pussy. <laughs> and women still listen despite the fact that I use that word. <laughs> My wife occasionally has referred to someone as that. Uh, she one time, can I get back to this? Yes. But once uh, last summer, summer of before the pandemic, so not 2020, 2019, I was sitting in my front yard holding my baby and uh, who must have been like six months old at the time. We were just sitting out in the front yard in the afternoon, evening, and I knew my wife was out jogging or walking. And while I was sitting there with the baby, all of a sudden these two, a, a pair of young kids, like, you know, 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds went racing by on what were those bird scooters, which you fortunately don't really see much anymore. Those bird scooters, they were, they were here, they annoyed us all, and then they were gone. And people died. And nobody ever felt bad for the people who died. You felt bad for the families of the people who died, but they were a fucking nuisance. And just, again, with, okay, doesn't have to be a big economic. Let's just have a business that impacts everybody, but we won't regulate it. And, uh, you know, we'll just leave them on the street like garbage. Anyway, these kids go racing by. These first two kids, 14-year-old, they're, they're going through puberty age, whatever that is. I'm sitting out front. This is summer of 2019. Then after that, two, two other kids on bird scooters go racing past them as well. And I, 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 he, there, I mean, I don't hear them. I fucking see them and hear them. They're right in front of me. And they're yelling back up the street, which I can't see because there's like a bush there. Something, something, you old bitch. And my first thought was like, I hope they're not talking about my old bitch. And. Sure enough, my wife comes jogging, trotting down the street after them and screaming at them and says, why don't you come say it to my face, you fucking pussy? And I have never, ever been as turned on as I was in that moment, <laughs> which was unfortunate because I had a baby in my lap. But she screamed at me and I was like, what just happened? So she came in the driveway. She's she coming out, as we would say, coming out hot. And she said, those fucking assholes, they, they were harassing her and other people, apparently. They were harassing her and razor scootering at her, I guess. It reminded me, and you know, all my movies are from like 1989 to 1992. It reminded me of the Michael Douglas movie, Black Rain. <laughs> which I had to look up because earlier in the pandemic, my hair was starting to resemble shades of Michael Douglas's career. As you know now, it looks like Ronald Reagan if he took a nap. I kind of have Reagan bedhead. Yeah, is that a hot look, 93% ladies listening? Yeah, absolutely, to no one. <laughs> Not even young Republicans. 
So she's telling me they were harassing me like Michael Douglas when Andy Garcia was in the garage and he was about to be beheaded by the Japanese uh, Yakuza or Yakuza, Yakuza guy. She said they're harassing me, writing, calling me name, writing the bird scooters at her in a menacing way and said, uh, called her a bunch of names. And then as they're going down the street, they turn around and said, you old bitch or whatever, which is all I needed to hear. So what I did without thinking, my wife says I... My wife, I handed her the baby, but she says I tossed her the baby. <laughs> she says I tossed her the baby, and I don't think so. And I ran and got my car keys, and I ran and got into the car and sped out of the driveway. And my wife said, remember, we have a baby now. You can't go to jail. And my first thought in that moment, as there's all sorts of physiological arousal in my brain, uh, the stress hormone cortisol was probably released. I'm in a fight or flight situation, the kind of moment where you, you know, you, you get hit by a, uh, a baseball and, you, you know, the person who hit it is right in front of you, but you're so disoriented you can't remember, you can't even recognize their face. That's a terrible example. It's like you almost get in a car accident. You don't remember the color of the car or the color of the tree around you. You're just trying to avoid getting in the car accident. I had compressed attentional resources in this moment. But what I do remember thinking when she said, remember, you have a baby now, you can't go to jail, was, yeah, I can't go to fucking jail anytime. <laughs> baby or not, I am, ve I am very ill-equipped to go to jail right now. I've never been equipped. And I think if you look at me, you'd be like, yeah, you're not equipped to go to jail. And someone who talks like you do is going to get their fucking mouth busted open in jail. And somebody who complains about being, <laughs> how they don't like to be told what to do, <laughs> I, I am ill-equipped to go to jail. So hopefully I won't go to jail. But I'm, I'm, I'm terribly ill-equipped. I'm an enemy of authority and if you've listened to five seconds of the podcast, you know I would not do well. I would, I would have to adjust very quickly to uh, people I don't respect telling me what to do. And everybody who's inside right now, and I hope that I do have a big uh, population of uh, inmates. I'm not I don't convict is the disrespectful term. Inmates. I hope that people are listening inside. Because I know a lot of you have done some terrible shit. And I know that probably your punishment exceeds the terrible shit you're doing. And I'm sorry about that. But in the United States, we privatize prisons. And profit is more important than humanity. But I, I think of you. And, and, and I have a lot of respect, even though you've done a lot of terrible things, no doubt. But I do have a lot of respect for people that can survive that. Because... What are you fucking... I'm ill-equipped, is the point. I have My life has been... If there's been a plan, it's to eliminate it with as great... That's why I'm trying to get to artistic independence and financial independence. I'm trying artistic fulfillment and financial independence because I just... I've never... I've never been good. I've never grown up, I guess, is what it is. I have a lifelong aversion to people telling me what to do. All my jobs, I've been con contractors, consultants, 
stand-up individual contributors. That's me. That's me. Well, that's going to limit your ability to bond with others and form relationships that bring great profit through a number of ways, both financial but also spiritual. And uh, and a tr- yeah, I know. I fucking know. But I just, I'm immature. That's all it is. So I knew in that moment when she said, remember, we have a kid or you have a kid or you're a dad, uh, you can't go to jail. I was like, don't fucking worry. Or, yeah, I'm not equipped. I got in the car and I sped down the street one block, cocoon. Like some, you know, 70s movie set in San Francisco where the car is just sailing over the top. Kukum. Kukum. Come to the bottom of the street where it's a T. Uh, and I, you go left, you can go right. And I pulled out a little bit in front of the stop sign. And I looked to the left and I don't see anything. And, 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 and I don't know how many of the 7% of men do this. But when you're in one of these pursuits... You're not thinking about what happens when you get there. You're just going. You don't... I wasn't like, well, then I'm going to give him a stern talking to. Uh, I also, in my head, you're just not thinking clearly. That's why bad shit... That's why bad shit happens when people are not thinking clearly and they have access to a ton of weapons. They, you know, they cause a lot of damage. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I wasn't... I hadn't even thought about it. All I was like, where the fuck are they? Where the fuck are they? And at the bottom of the street, I didn't see anything to the left. I look up to the right, and I see two of them, and I fucking gunned the gun. I sped up the hill and caught up to the two kids, two of them. And what I did is they're going up the side of the street, and this is a street that has no sidewalks, so which worked in my favor. They have, There's no sidewalks, and there are also a couple cars parked on the side of the street. I just quickly raced the car in front of their little fucking tennis academy looking bodies and nosed it in front of them and caused them to fall, not fall, but sort of adjust off the bird scooters to the right into somebody's yard or something. They stopped is what happened. They stopped and I got out and it's also a small narrow street with a kind in a lot of southern streets when you're facing head on traffic on a street like this. You stop, and there's this moment of, like, you go, I'll wait, and, you know, we can get through this narrow street. We can't both go at the same time because when they built it, cars were not as enormous as they are now, and also nobody thought thought it through, I guess. Anyway, so I nose the car over in front of these guys and stop it in the middle, and now it does look like undercover cop flies out of his car, leaves the car running, parked in the middle of the street so I would be blocking traffic from both directions throw the door open and now it does look like a Michael Douglas Michael Douglas had a TV show in San Francisco I must have thought of that because of Black Rain now it does look like that an undercover cop jumping out on these kids and they stopped and they were uh like I said, they looked like they escaped from a tennis academy. They looked richish. They weren't bout it, bout it. They looked richish. And uh, I just started screaming. Oh, you fucking coward yelling at a woman. You fucking pussy. 
pussy came out of my mouth, but I was like, my wife just used it. They've heard it before. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not violating any contract here. You fucking blah, blah, blah. And you know why you're the biggest cowards? Because you said it and you ran away and you didn't say it to somebody who could punch you in the fucking face because I can't. But you know what? I will fucking kill you. And I don't even know what else I said and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get my money's worth is all. I'm just trying to vent. I'm not, I'm, I have enough self-control where I'm not going to go uh, strike a 12-year-old. 14-year-old, you're getting closer, and it probably were 14. 16-year-old, 17, 18, well, 18, whatever. And I'm not a violent person. I'm not. And I've, I've been in fights in my life. My record is either, I don't know if I've said this, it's like, it's either like 7 and 5 or like 5 and 7. That's, that's it. I don't, I don't want to do that. It's not me. I, I, anyway, my, my beef is not with the individual. My beef is, as you know, with much bigger. Do I have beef? Is that, is that what I say? I have beef. My issues are not with the individual, generally speaking. They're with the bigger, they're with the systems. But these fucking assholes. So I, I don't know what I was trying to do. I was just screaming at them with all the invective I had making them and I said and I remember I said and I said I want you to tell your parents I want you to tell your parents this is who they raised <laughs> now I'm just piling on and I was ah, well, I fucking pulled out a killer mic line I said like I said tell your mom she raised a fuck boy <laughs> something like it was like a piece of a killer mic lyric something like that like in there because I was like I want you to tell your parents about this I want you to tell them that you yelled at a woman and then you ran away like a fucking coward and I want you to tell your parents you that they raised a fuck boy <laughs> I just I'm just I'm running up the score at this point I'm, I'm not gonna strike them I'm gaining clarity as what's happening while I'm in the fucking street pardon me for saying the f word while I'm in the street a car is approaching uh, the, the toward me. And like I said, it's a narrow street. So, And with park, cars parked on the side, one of us would have to acquiesce and get out of the way. And in the middle of me screaming at this kid, that car honks at me. And I'm still, but I'm hot at the moment. So I turn and I scream, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> and fortunately, it was not. A man wasn't one of, you know, like I said, whatever my record is, five and seven, seven. It wasn't somebody who was like, you know what? I'm having a bad day. I'm going to get out and fucking throttle him while he's yelling at these kids. Fortunate, because I did not do the math. Like, I hope this is somebody that uh, <laughs> I just yelled at a car. Shut the fuck up. And which is not my style either. But that's the thing about <clears throat> diminished resources, right? Diminished attentional resources is. You're not yourself. You're just automatic. Well, actually, it is when you're most yourself. Maybe I am. I'm, I'm, it's my Irish Catholicness coming out. It's my Irishness. I'll fight you. <laughs> I'll pay you. Never. <laughs> anyway, you shut the fuck up. And then these two kids, it's calming down. And I realize I got to get in the car and get the fuck out of there. What? I mean, I did my piece. What am I going to do? Have them... That's the end of it. That's the end of it from my end. And then 
the smaller of the two, the beta in the setup, as the, as the, the alpha kid's like, I didn't say anything, I didn't say anything, I didn't say anything. I'm like, fuck you, fuck you, I don't care if you said anything. It doesn't matter. It was the other, you were part of them. Okay. I was, I was doing some litigating on the side. The beta, the smaller of the two kids, who I empathized with, because probably once or twice in my life, I went along with kids just to go along. That's what we do. That's in fucking security. That's, that's the name of the podcast, <laughs> insecurity. I've gone along and been in situations where I didn't want to be and felt dissonant about that. Like, this isn't me. I don't want to be hosting pizza, Mike. <laughs> no, I, I've had situations where, like we all probably have, like, yeah, that's not me. And this kid was having one of those situations. And as his buddy is sitting there going, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And I'm like, fuck you, you asshole. The other kid, the beta, he said, I'm sorry, sir. And I looked at him and I go, fuck you too. <laughs> was that a good day for me? When I vanquished the twelve-year-olds, was that was that my heroic moment? Van- <laughs> so then I got back in my car, and I looked at the guy that I, in the other car and told, who I told to fuck off, and uh, drove home and found my wife sitting out front with the baby. <clears throat> and then I had a show that night. I had a show that, you know what? The show was in. Augusta, Georgia, which I thought was like 45 minutes away from Atlanta, but was like closer to like three hours. And I think I figured that out when I got home and my wife was there with the baby and I told her what happened. And I looked at my watch and I was like, and I looked at, you know, whatever ways to figure out how to get to Augusta. I was like, Oh, this sucks, and I would never have taken this show. I probably would have taken the show, but I would never have taken this show if I knew it was three hours. Anyway, so I got in the car, and I drove there and got to the show, and there were two other comics outside uh, that I, I knew, one I like and one I don't like. <laughs> and I like the one because that comic's always been nice to me, and it's also a good comic. And the other one has always not been nice to me unless they later on needed something from me. And uh, it's not a good comic. It's funny. When you do stand-up comedy and you're new into a scene, if someone is nice to you from the beginning, you will forever hold them dearly because so many other people are indifferent at best uh, or like hostile and snotty and uh, dickish to you. There, I'm using a, I'm using a male genitalia, a one of our many male genitalia as a slur. But people are just, because they're all insecure. We are all insecure. Uh, but anyway, if someone is nice to you, when I came into the when I came into the Atlanta comedy scene, I still remember who was nice to me. And you know what? They sometimes are people that other people don't like. And they may not even be good comics. But being nice to somebody entering a scene goes a long way. And you know what? There are people that have come into the scene that have told me, you were always nice to me. You're a soft. <laughs> Patrick Dalton told me that. <laughs> Joe's always been nice to me. 
I knew he was a pussy or something like that, which is a great joke. Patrick's very funny. Uh, it goes a long way. Anyway, those two people were out in front of the uh, show. The, it wasn't a club. It was like a, a bar, I guess. And I must have been stewing on this for three hours in the car ride out there because I just vomited that on them. And they said, oh, my God, you should totally tell that. that that's a bit. It's a which if you're a non-comic, when you say something that's funny, that, that somebody else finds funny, a comic, they'll say that's a bit like you could tell that on stage and it would work. Um, and, you know, considering the source of those two people saying that, I trusted half of it <laughs> uh, because one was a good comic and the other one wasn't. That's the way the cookie crumbles. So I did my my act. I was trying to get my act together. I did part of my... I saved... Uh, what is the point here? So I got to the show. I told them about it. They said, you should... That's a bit. You should totally do that on stage. And then I did. I went and, uh, based on their 50-50 input, kind of told the story and quickly framed it up of... That was my first Papa Bear moment or whatever it is. That was my first feeling of uh i'll kill somebody on behalf of that was probably amplified because now we have a baby i mean which suggests like well before we had a baby you could just ride by and call my wife a bitch all day long (laughs) you know what sometimes you're right but i don't i feel like it was heightened because of that and uh so i told it in the bar and it you know what it got about 50 percent support and I, I don't think I never I don't think I ever told again, maybe once again, because I don't know, I didn't even know it was in my head because that's not more. What, what is the what is the point? Like, and then I chase some kids. I want to show you how stupid I am when to illustrate a point about being a parent. I don't know. It's just not it's not my it's not what I'm attracted to, not what I'm drawn to that sort of that event anyway. And, and he. Maybe maybe talking about it today will get me to rethink it, but it just doesn't seem like something that would go into my act. Into my act. So I told it that night, and uh, it got half of the support. And I was like, well, that's what about what I expected, considering the source of support. To close the loop on that, what happened the very next day <clears throat> is my wife knows some people in the neighborhood who are fairly well connected to lots of people in the neighborhood and we concluded i bet that person knows and and that person also is kind of they're well just just involved a lot of shit in this neighborhood and beyond and we kind of concluded that i bet someone knows someone who knows who those kids are because my wife and i are hard-headed the next day sure let's go beat the fuck out of them i don't know what we're gonna do call their parents you know your son yeah i guess Anyway, turns out through a great stroke of luck, the guy we thought might know who it is, uh, they're kind of, I think his girlfriend's kids or his girlfriend's kids might be affiliated with them. And like manna from heaven, if that's a correct use of that, that phrase, Saturday afternoon, Friday night, I drove out to Augusta and then I drove home Friday night. Saturday afternoon, my guy shows up and he he 
he uh, he went to the Citadel. <laughs> so let's say he has views on uh, on how one should behave, and he was very much aligned with me. <laughs> he was very much uh, the Citadel. We spawned the Lords of Discipline and all sorts of racist, homophobic. Anyway, if in a situation like this, you only want a Citadel guy <laughs> on your team, right? And it was great because this guy, he and I had definitely aligned on this is unacceptable behavior. <laughs> and Saturday afternoon, like manna from heaven, he shows up in his pickup truck with two of the fucking kids in the the, the bed they're in the back of the truck and he goes get out <laughs> and go stand there and apologize and so my wife my baby and I are standing in our driveways these two kids are served up to us to mumble their apologies and they're kids by the way I get it I if a citadel guy was telling me what to do I'd be just like they were I'd be like fuck you until I can get out of here <laughs> They're not sincere. They don't give a fuck. Because, you know why? Because nobody can hit them in the face. That's why. Violence is not the solution. But that's why they know nothing. What's the worst going to happen? They're going to get grounded. There's somebody to take away their phone. Nothing's going to happen. But they mumble the apology. And my wife is still hot. She's like, you fucking this and that. You thought you could, you blah, blah, blah. You called the wrong old lady bitch and blah, blah, blah. So like, Getting a little turned on again, sweetie. So she was giving it to them. And then I just, I closed. She was nice. because I, I was nice. Because it was her event. So I let her, I let her feature. Like she started. I let her host. She hosted and she cursed at them. And then she let me close, which was very nice. And like I said, it was, you know, I was, I was not the headliner. She was really the headliner. But she let me close. And then I just, you know. I did like five minutes. <laughs> like, and what really irritates me is you're both fucking cowards because you knew I can't hit you. But you know what? You're wrong. I will fucking hit a kid. I don't give a shit. Look at this. This is the smallest house in this neighborhood. I don't have that much to lose. You fucking put. And I just go on and on and on. I closed. Uh, and then he threw him back in the truck and drove away. Which is a long detour, by the way, just to say that my wife actually called somebody a pussy. Wow. Well, hopefully I, hopefully you're not like, what happened with this? Hopefully I didn't leave out any mega details. And then I guess later on, down the road, we found out that one of the kids, and it's not clear if it was one of the kids in the pickup truck or the kids from the pack of four or whatever it is, six that were harassing my wife, Got hit by a car on a bird scooter. <laughs> I know, but he lived. I know. I was hyped until I found out he lived, but still, it was great. It was great. Do you have sympathy for him? No. I mean, could I later? Maybe. If I were properly motivated. It's like anything. If I have the motivation and I have the attention, you know, if I have a, a much enough attention to devote to thinking about it, and I'm motivated to think about it, yeah, I could. But I'm not going to. So, the good news is he got hit by a car. Anyway, for the 93% of 
the listener who apparently does not mind me saying that word, and I, you may mind it, and you're like, no, dude, we're not 93, we're actually, uh, we're bots, but it's very interesting if 90, over the last month, 93% of the listeners to this program are female, what does that mean? What does it mean that men don't like listening to it or haven't liked listening to it or have (laughs) certainly fallen off or just very feminine men listen to this program? I cannot wait to talk to you more about it. And I wish, I don't wish, what I want is I want to make the most of it, ladies, women. I always get creeped out when somebody's like, well, yeah, we have this lady working for us. I don't think you should really say it that way. You say broad. <laughs> well, you have the little tits LaRue in the back. Lady. Just say this person. All right. Now now I'm trying to express, ladies, this is my, <laughs> my uh, confirmation that you're listening to the right podcast. But I th- all the first thought that I have is... Women, how can I leverage you listening to this podcast to be a better father? (laughs) Thank you. I will take a bow now. No, because what I'd like to know, and I bumped into somebody who said they listened to the podcast and they were going to write in email. And I said, well, please do, because clearly I can use the content. Sometimes it gets a little thin. Women. If you're listening and you've already been kind enough to leave a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, the email address, yesjoesmith at gmail.com, please send me. Here's what I would like. How can I be a better father? How can I be the best father? I mean, because I'm already a decent guy. Let's be honest. I've already, I've already, my dad was always around. How how great is that, men? What a compliment. My dad was always around. <laughs> My wife has stuck a fucking safety pin in her nipple. <laughs> what did I do? Uh, my wife, uh, my dad, he was, he was just there because of COVID, but he was there nonetheless, and he would just sit right to the left of my high chair and have a glass of wine and talk to me while I ate. He was always like... So fucking brilliant. But what I would like to know, women, is if you could reflect upon, and I'm in, a, I'm in a place now with this podcast where I want it to be communal. I said it. I don't, I can't, I'm not interesting enough to sustain it by myself. I need your insights. I would like you to reflect back on your childhood, your youth, and I want to know what, if you had a male, if you had a father figure, and and for just, I'm just talking about father figures for now, because I was, I had a single mom for several years, though my mom was like, it's not going to be that long, motherfucker, because we need to chip up, <laughs> um, it's not about moms, I, I, I for, for the moment. But please let me know, and I think it will be fun to talk about. It will be interesting to talk about. And 
and selfishly it would help me be a good father. Um, if you tell me what, what tell me about your father figures, I, I suppose, and what did they convey to you? What did you understand from them by a watching them what they did? But also, do you remember them doing things for you, to you, on your behalf that were really super positive and enduring and still affect you on a daily basis in a good, positive way? And then, of course, the things that you maybe experienced that you wish you hadn't. You know, you, you your dad didn't do something and you wish he had. Or uh, your dad did do something and as you get older you can maybe kind of see why he did it but still it's like, dude, don't fucking do that. This is an opportunity for you to... It's not for me. Here's the thing. It's an opportunity for you to serve the sisterhood because the sisterhood is my daughter who's going to be two in... A couple weeks. The opportunity is for you to help the sisterhood by making, contributing to the development of another strong woman. She's being raised by my wife. So she has that great, great positive force in her corner. And she has me. So let's call me net neutral. <laughs> I'm net my contribution is net neutral right now. Which for men, fucking I'm killing it. I'm I'm winning. I'm not winning, but I'm in the 85th percentile. I went to uh, maybe next time I'll talk about that. But will you please, will you please reach out and if you know me, and you listen to this podcast, and you don't want me to know that you're... I don't know, that would be strange, wouldn't it? But no, you know what that is. If, if, if you listen to this program, and you don't want me to know you listen to this program, I totally respect that. Because I would... There are people that I would want to listen to, but I wouldn't want them to know I listen to. Like, I fuck... Well, why? Because we're insecure. That's why. And we... And we're playing this weird political game where it's like, I like you and I'm interested in what you have to say, but I don't want you to know it because I'm insecure with myself and think that by showing you that I make myself vulnerable and therefore you're going to use it to uh, articulate a position of strength over me. I don't know, but if you listen to this program and you don't want me to know, I, what are we talking about? And you're listening like, dude, there are six of us. <laughs> there are more than six of you. Uh, I totally get it. Let's put it that way. If you listen to the program and you don't want, if you're a woman who listens to the program and you don't want me to know who you are, uh, fuck you. No, I get it. I wish you would reveal yourselves uh, and send nudes. Send Nancy, send Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Feet. If you don't want me to know who you are, send from a burner email. But I sincerely would, but reveal yourself because I, like I told you, I've told you before, I like you better than the next person because you're listening to this. You're giving me 
oxygen and I'm grateful. You're giving me your time. There's nothing more valuable to you than that. I'm grateful for that. So if you want to use a burner account and say, here's what I did or did not learn from my dad, and you can you can be as honest and vulnerable and sincere as you want and trust that I will treat that with care. Or you can be glib and funny and, uh, you know, we can riff through your experience. But ultimately, I want, and it's going to be a recurring theme, women who are listening. And men, what are you guys, such, what are you, are you, is this podcast too real for you men? <laughs> yeah, it's really stupid. That's why we're not listening. It, well, what what could I call it? I could call it the, uh, I thought about this when I re- found out this 93-7 split. It's the Estrog, Estrogin. Get it? It's a play on Joe Rogan because I think a lot of men listen to his podcast. But mine is the Estrogen. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't do wordplay jokes because I find them to be fucking not for me. Let's put it that way. In the name of the sisterhood. In the name of me transmitting good, positive information to my daughter, who you would love. And if you've met her, what the fuck are you doing creeping around my backyard? But you would love her. So let me know your story. Parts of your stories. And you know what? Maybe it'll be good for you. Maybe you can get something off of your chest that you've been wanting to talk about. You know I'll treat what you say with respect. And uh, let me know, and and we'll talk about it. So please email me a a snippet, a story. You don't have to tell me if if there's a lot you want to get off your chest and you don't think we have time for it, and email one. Give us drips and drabs, and we'll get into it, and you'll hear me turn it over, think about my perspective as a father, as a son, as a stepchild, as a son of a single mother for a while, as a, a fucked up individual in the United States of America in 2020. Let me know, and I greatly appreciate you reviewing, telling people about this, and continuing to grow it organically. Thank you, and have a great day.